How's it going, my fellow history scholars? Welcome back to the podcast where we talk about the unanswered questions of history and unravel the mystery of the many questions we ask about our past. Today, we got another behind-the-scenes episode for you guys, and I hope you guys enjoy it. It's just a little bit of us recapping some of the stuff that's been going on with the podcast recently, sharing some of our ideas, and just sharing some of the stuff that's been going on in our lives. So, welcome back, Ian, as well. Ian, you want to say hi? Hello, everybody. All right. So we're just going to talk about some of the stuff with that went on with the, the Freemason ser- series. Gosh, I can't talk. And uh, maybe see what you guys think. Feel free to comment on the Facebook page. All right. So let's get right into it. All right. So we... As a podcast, we really did a lot this week. The Freemason series, I think, was our most involved series so far, and uh, we've done a lot of stuff with it. And uh, even behind the scenes, we've been trying to experiment with some Xsplitter stuff. We're trying to figure out a way that we can connect Skype with Facebook Live so you guys can see us, because uh, obviously we can't get together too often with all the quarantine stuff going on. But yeah, other than that, again, it's been a, it's been a really involved week, and we've done a did a lot of stuff, uh, especially with the Freemasons podcast. That was awesome. I'm so happy that we were able to get in contact with those guys because they're a podcast that I've been listening to for a while now. And it was so cool to actually be able to talk with them and not just have them be a podcast that I started listening to at work. So that was definitely cool. And I think George and Joe and all of them really enjoyed it as well. So I think that in itself went really well. And then uh, even some of the information and stuff we talked about with the Freemason series was very interesting. What are you thinking? Yeah, it was, it was really fun uh, communicating with those guys on a podcast, you know, like collaborating. But um, the, I'm terribly sorry for anyone who, who listened to, uh, to the Facebook Live because we had a lot of audio issues. But if you are to listen to it on Anchor, uh, I believe the audio issues are a lot more resolved on there. Yeah, whatever platform you're listening to, Spotify or Apple Podcast, or no, we don't have that yet, sorry, or uh, Google Podcast or something like that, uh, it should be a little bit better on there. So go go listen on there. The the live was still really cool, though, I think, because we still got to see each other. And uh, even through the technology stuff, at least on our end with the collaboration part and just the Skype alone, we were having a we were having a good time. And it was a little hard to show that because of the technology issues, but it it, it was a whole lot of fun. I agree. Those guys were super cool with it, too. I think they really enjoyed doing this with us. And they said that was their first collaboration, too, so they weren't the only ones. Yeah, that surprised me that that was, that was their first collaboration, even though they're more than twice as big as we are. Well, and they've been around for a year, so I think that they definitely have the experience on us. So, yeah, hopefully one day we'll we'll be up there too. I'm trying to think. Uh, what did you think about the information we covered? I think the the stuff we covered was very interesting, but very much a uh, an overview because there was so much stuff when uh, at least I was researching the the Freemasons series that uh, a lot of a lot of stuff stuck out to me but we couldn't talk about it all on the podcast and if we did uh, we just glazed over it so what do you think about the information that we went over 
In the in the series or in the live podcast? Yeah, in the series or both actually. <clears throat> I think in the series, I think we hit it pretty pretty good. I mean, obviously, we're not going to know a whole lot because we aren't Masons. And um, even if we were, we wouldn't be able to share everything. But I feel like we got as much as we possibly could with the research and information we had. And I think it was uh, quality information, too. And and you're not going to get any better than what we got on the live podcast because those were Freemasons themselves. Yeah, right. To be a Mason, ask a Mason. And we asked a Mason, and it went really well. And, you know, it was really cool seeing those guys, too, because they, they are Freemasons. And being myself wanting to be a Freemason, it's, it's cool to see brothers like that and how they interact with each other. And that brotherhood that I'm going to get to look forward to, because like I've said on the series, I want to be a Mason eventually one day, too. And hopefully I'll be able to join when we go down to SIU and Carbondale. I, uh, I was talking to the Worshipful Master, actually, during the week that we were working on the Freemason series, and uh, he was very generous with me, and he's actually willing to let me go to uh, one of their dinners to get meet, get to meet some of the brothers, and even uh, even for myself, not just for the information aspect in the podcast episode and the podcast episodes, but for myself and my, my personal brush with the Masons and getting to talk with the Worshipful Master and the, the brothers of the Freemasons podcast. And uh, I'll tell the story a little bit later, but even uh, a guy I met today, it's uh, you, it'll, you, it really surprises you. I think the, the, the reach that the Masons have. The out of me. Yeah, definitely. The, the reach that the Masons have. And uh, I, I was super happy that the, the Worshipful Master of the Carbondale Lodge was able to reach out to me and invite me to that dinner. What do you think, so Jake, Overall, so Jake. Overall, how how do you think this is helping you on your path to becoming a Freemason? When we uh, went over a lot of the information, I I knew a whole lot more than I than I thought I actually knew, and so it it surprised me uh, going in how much uh, I'm I'm definitely going to learn much. Uh, a lot more, and uh, I, I definitely don't know everything, but it surprised me when we went over the information how much I already knew about it, and uh, just my interest in it, and how it show, shown through in that, and uh, I was able to keep up with some of the brothers, at least uh, that's what I think on the, the Freemasons podcast, and we were talking about some really interesting stuff, and so I think, for me, I was just really surprised with the amount of information I knew before even starting the series. That's awesome. <clears throat> and it should serve as a, should serve as a good start when I, when I go down there and I start my own Masonic journey. Yeah. I mean, you already got a couple of Masons, uh, room for you. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully the brothers from the, the Carbondale Lodge can, or, uh, the, the brothers from the Freemasons podcast can support me. Now the the right worshipful brother of the Carbondale Lodge knows me, and uh, a guy I met today, which I'll I'll tell the story in a little bit. I got a I got a ton of Masons to support me now, and uh, I'm actually really encouraged, and I'm looking forward again to finally being able to join and do it myself. I mean, yeah, I mean today was. Uh... A, a really cool kind of look into the future for you. 
Oh yeah. Should I tell Jesus. the story now? <laughs> yeah, tell the story. You've hit, you've hinted at it to it to it enough. <laughs> All right. So pretty much, I I went on a really big hike today, and uh, actually, I I got lost for a little bit, and uh, I I was walking down the road, and I was trying to find my way back to uh, the Sycamore our town. So I've been hiking all day and it was starting to get dark and I actually came across uh, somebody's house and they invited me over. Uh, they gave me a water and uh, we were talking and hanging out and it was, it was super cool. They were super generous towards me, but uh, it was only later that I found out actually when uh, the guy was giving me a ride to Sycamore because uh, he, he had heard my story. I was hiking and got lost and uh, was willing to give me a ride to, to town and uh he actually he ended up being a grand master of the northern area of Illinois. He was a Freemason himself, and his leather jacket was just covered in Masonic. Uh, what do you call them? Masonic not stickers, patches. Just yeah. covered in Masonic patches, and it's crazy to think about that. Just some guy that I had met off the street who uh, was willing to help me after I had been hiking all day and was tired and was willing to give me a ride to town. And he was actually a Mason and not just a Mason, but here I have his business card here. The assistant area deputy grandmaster of the Northern area from the grand lodge of Illinois, the ancient free and accepted Masons. That's a, that's a pretty good position there to say the least. And Think about that. What are the odds of just meeting somebody like that off the street who is that high up of a Mason and uh, getting to go for a ride on him, uh, getting to go for <laughs> <laughs> getting to go on a ride on this motorcycle with him? Thank you. I'm I'm tired. We're filming this pretty late at night. Uh, getting to go <laughs> for a ride with him on his motorcycle and just this really generous and awesome guy. That the odds are crazy and uh he's actually able he's willing to support me now and uh there's a when you petition a lodge there's a list of master masons that you need to get the approval of and uh he's willing to be one of those master masons for me now so that's awesome do you know how many uh master masons you need to get approval mm, i'm not sure of it the top of my head he told me when uh, we were on the motorcycle going down the road earlier i think it's around like three or four i want to say but uh you guys can fact set. check me on that from, uh, Connecticut and you got him. but yeah it should be good and think about it that's just amazing what are the odds of something like that happening right i mean slim to none i mean that's so i mean obviously not because it happened. I mean, it's crazy to think how how big the the community is. Yeah, and uh, really makes me realize that the world may be a lot smaller than I originally thought. Because uh, even some of those guys who we were hanging out with and I was talking with uh, at their house, they actually knew some of the people that went to our school, uh, Sycamore High School. And uh, some girls who played volleyball, who I who wasn't necessarily friends with, but who I knew the names of, and uh, who went to our school, and uh, they even knew some people that were going to SIU, and that's where we're going. So 
the the world seems just so small now after a moment like that. It's it's really amazing. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. So not only did we have like the Freemasons podcast who we got to talk with and who we had a really great time with, but uh or not even just the information that we went over, but even like a personal experience for myself like that, getting to meet a Mason and getting to go for a ride with him on his motorcycle. It's that the Masonic connection is like almost by God's divine will or something getting closer and more integrated into my life. It's, it's crazy to think about. And it's like almost right on time too, because I'm about to be able to petition to the, the Carbondale Lodge myself. That's crazy. So what are your thoughts? <clears throat> on what exactly? Just anything that we did this week or we did with this series. Um, I mean, I feel like it's been talked about a bunch, but just the the brotherhood is is so big and so so connected and so close. You can not know someone and then be best friends the next moment you meet them. Yeah, the brotherhood is really what I'm looking forward to, and uh, it it really showed itself through when we were doing this series. It's also a really fun trying a more laid back approach to our podcast, just talking with them, not having a whole whole plan for it and just jumping right into it and asking some questions and just, you know, uh, branching off that. Yeah, I don't know if you guys were watching, but that wasn't really scripted at all. Scripted at all. We kind of just we just went with it. You know, it was very much like a conversation where we were just talking with them and hanging out and just enjoying uh, Masonic lore and talking about Masonic history. Uh, it, it was not scripted, which was the, the fun part, and uh, it it was nice to be able to talk with brothers like that and to see the the connection they have with each other. So the Freemason series has been a. Uh, my, like my main priority for for me at least with the podcast so concerning future series and stuff like that i'm uh i'm, not, I'm really not too sure what we're gonna do next not gonna lie because uh i just kind of wanted to get through this and uh and it ended up going really well again and uh really enjoyed it but i, I don't know what we're doing next so i can't really give you guys a sneak peek yet Hey, feel free to comment. If you have comments, feel free to give us suggestions. Yeah, we're always looking for recommendations or uh, questions that you guys have or just historical subjects that you're interested in and you, and you want us to talk about. Go ahead. Go on the Facebook page. Write us a comment. Uh, write us a review. Make sure you like and follow. And uh, we'll, put your, we'll put your idea or subject or concept up on the podcast like we did with the confederate treasure series i want more of that i want more uh viewer involvement because uh, the viewer involvement is awesome to see you guys just be able to interact with us yeah absolutely i've had a few ideas i was tossing around in my head but uh i'm not really too sure
do you want to do you want to try and like bring them up? Yeah. So, in in my natural logic with how things have been going, I was thinking we did we did the Rosicrucian series with uh, the supposed true authors with the, the first folio of Shakespeare, and uh, we we dove we dove into that. Uh, before that, we did the Confederate Treasure series where we talked about the Civil War. And uh, yeah, some of the Confederate simple. involvements with uh, even the Freemasons and uh, other societies and the KGC, the Knights of the Golden Circle. And then we just finished talking about, obviously, the Freemasons and the the brotherhood that they have and their history in Masonic lore. And so with, uh, with the, my logic in mind and what I was thinking, uh, a logical line would be with the series that we've done so far and how the, it's going – I was trying to think of another one that was similar, that would be similar to uh, the KGC, the Rosicrucians and the Freemasons. So I almost started thinking about doing something about the, the Bavarian Illuminati. Which yeah, is, I knew you were going to say that. I was going to mention, say, I was going to cut you off and say the Illuminati. Yeah, so, the real Illuminati, no, not, though, not the one that's trying to take over the world and start the new world order and stuff, because... That's the the common misconception, and I think that would even be fun because uh, we could debunk all of those myths and uh, just destroy those conspiracies that are made against the free. Or sorry, not the Freemasons, the Illuminati. Yeah, that'd be very cool. And uh, isn't the Illuminati like one of the more secretive societies? Like, it's really hard to get into unless you are like really close ties with them where you know a nigerian prince <laughs> yeah there's a a ton of scams out there and that's why i said the the nigerian prince because uh that's one of the scams that the the nigerians created their own branch of the illuminati and they're trying to get people to join them and uh yeah there is a there's just a lot of shadow over the illuminati and the the true illuminati and uh, what they were in history, because they were a historical order. Obviously not what a lot of people think of them as being. But yeah, they were a historical order. But that true historical origin has really been shrouded in mystery now because of all the conspiracy and fake societies that have took their name after them. And so I, I would really like to try to find the origin and discuss the historical Illuminati to... Uh, Show people the true beginning and what the real Illuminati did and who they were. Because, obviously, again, they've been so shrouded in mystery. So, yes, they are a real order. Or they were a real order. Are they still a real order? That's the, that's the big question, I guess. Yeah, I haven't heard much about them. Besides, like, scams and, and conspiracies, I haven't heard much, like, of their actual influence recently. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised because considering the Masons, too, who were around at the same time, are, are still around. And, and the Rosicrucians as well, who were formed around the same time, the, the Middle Ages, the Renaissance era. Um, since those guys are around, I wouldn't be too surprised if the Illuminati were as well. Just not as well known, obviously. Yeah. And even uh 
even some branches, some forms of the Knights Templar could possibly still be around as well. Oh yeah, we were talking about the York Rite. The York Rite even has a, the Order of the Knights Templar as the highest appended body you can join within the York Rite. I wonder what that's like. wonder what what's like. The Order of the Knights Templar. Oh yeah. To get into that appendant body, the York Rite. I wonder if their rituals are changed at all. From the original Knights Templar. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Because time, I'm sure it's changed. Not much stays the same over thousands of years. <laughs> I know. I'm just wondering how true to the origin they are. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, just in general, they're they're a pretty cool order, and uh, we were talking with George and Joe and all of them, and uh, I think they had positive things to say about it when we when we brought it up. Yeah, George seemed pretty excited to talk about that. Yeah, he was another uh, he was another Templar, not like me. That was where I kind of started all my historical research with was with the Knights Templar. They were really what sparked my passion to uh, delve into historical mysteries and uh, just history in general. And uh, he was definitely all over him like I am. Yeah, you and uh, George seem pretty alike. Yeah, I noticed that. It was kind of scary. <laughs> Joe was really cool, though, and George was really cool. And I'm trying to remember the name of the other guy that was on with us. It's sli it's slipping my memory. Yeah, Ken. Ken was really cool, too. They were just really a bunch of really cool guys. And uh, they, they were really generous with us. That was awesome. Yeah, it was really cool of them to let us uh, collab with them. It's the, the podcast community unites with each other. Yeah. That giant podcasting family. <laughs> well, and you know, we could have reached out to, to any Freemasonic free podcast. Because there's a ton out there. There's the Masonic Roundtable, the the Midnight Freemasons, and uh, there's so many other ones out there as well. We we could have reached out to any Freemasons podcast, but I knew that uh, I I knew we'd have a good time with the Freemasons podcast, and I knew they were a good bunch of guys. So that's why I think I chose to go with them. Because uh, and you uh, and you watch their podcast, no? Well, you yeah, to their podcast, yeah, right? and I've I listened to their podcast before, but I've listened to a. Uh, the, the Midnight Podcaster, or no, sorry, the the Midnight Freemasons and the the Masonic Roundtable as well in the past. But the Freemasons podcast really stuck out with me because they're super laid back, but they still go over the, the historical information and the subject matter that they need to get through. And that that's what I look up to. I, I like that idea that you can goof off and have a good time, but then still be able to get through the information that you need to get through and still make it a serious podcast. Yeah. So I, I like their aim and I, I think that's probably why I ended up going with them. Yeah. They have a good balance going for them. 
because obviously you don't want something that's too boring. You don't want the one guy just talking on the mic the whole time and just giving you the facts straight and not doing anything else because uh, that, that gets boring sometimes. And uh, there's, there's a good place for that. If uh, you want to learn something and you're serious about learning something, then go for it. That's probably the best way that you'll be able to do so. But if you also want to learn something and just you're, you're sitting on the couch or something and you're just trying to have a good time and um, winding down from the day, it's a podcast like that that you should go to because you're still getting the information that you want. But then it's also laid back and it feels like you're talking with a bunch of, a bunch of guys and friends and stuff. Absolutely. This gives uh have that good balance between like serious and uh, play. Exactly, and that's why I look up to them. I'm trying to think. I just wanted to go over the the Freemason series and uh, just kind of wanted to bring it up, talk about it, un- unravel it, uh, dissect it, and uh, just discuss it with the viewers. But uh, other than that, uh, I'm not too sure. And again, uh, we're still trying to figure out what we want to do next. And uh, I don't know. It's been a... It's weird now that we're we're done with the Freemason series because that was the only thing on my mind concerning the podcast, at least recently, was uh, just trying to get through that. And now that we're done, I'm uh, I'm still I'm trying to figure out what we're gonna do next. I mean, yeah, that was a huge milestone for us. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, I think even just because of the collaboration itself, we just got so many more people involved with the podcast and uh, people following them, people who like the the Facebook page. So that event was really good for us as a podcast. Yeah. I mean, like we've been, we've been working on that podcast for several weeks. Oh yeah, easily. Um, the, the information maybe take like a half a week to, to figure all that out, but the the connection and trying to reach out to George and trying to find his contact information, I think that took longer, for sure. And uh, even yeah. my own Masonic journey, and uh, my own interest and involvement with the Masons, if you want to include that, that makes it go back even way farther. Till the first day you watched National Treasure. <laughs> right. <laughs> the series has been going since I was five. <laughs> yeah. George said he was a, a history nut, and uh, I, I totally relate to that. And, uh, you know, originally, I thought that was a bad reason to join the Masons. And so I almost had, like, a guilty conscience for for wanting to join the Masons. But after seeing that there's people who are like-minded and uh, have the same views and same questions that are uh, nagging at the back of their head like I do, and uh, just that connection that I saw with uh, George and my own questions and stuff that I was trying to figure out, I. I think it's okay now. I don't. I don't have a problem with uh, my reasons and why I want to join. And uh, 
maybe it'll start as uh, all these historical questions and answers that that I'm seeking, but I'm sure it'll extend into a whole lot more. And maybe the, even the Brotherhood and uh, just the charitable acts that the Order will do will eventually far outweigh any questions that I would ever have room or try to answer and use the Freemasons to do it. So, so we'll just have to see. Yeah. So, so you, what got you into history and what got you into not history? What got you into the Freemasons? Exactly. Like, do you remember what film or what book? <laughs> you know, you were joking around about national treasure, but I think it's, Honestly, stuff like that. <laughs> do, you, do you have one in particular that rings a bell? Um, National Treasure was definitely good. Uh, reading Dan Brown's book, The Lost Symbol, was a, an eye-opener for me. Um, actually, I want to I wanna share a little bit about that. That would have been a cool thing to, to bring up on the podcast, too. I actually have the book Yeah, right go right ahead. I... Have it. You guys can't see it, but it's in my hand now. I got the book. But uh, pretty much The Lost Symbol was another one of Dan Brown's thrillers. If you guys are familiar with the name Dan Brown, he's the author that wrote The Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons, Digital Fortress. I actually just finished Digital Fortress. That was a really good book, too. But uh, A Lost Symbol, sorry, The Lost Symbol is another one of those books that he wrote. And uh, it's another one of those historical thrillers. And so pretty much this one, if you guys are familiar with the series and uh, Dan Brown's books, is another Robert Langdon thriller. And uh, this time, actually, Robert Langdon's in the United States. And a lot of the people who uh, follow Dan Brown as an author were actually uh, questionable against the lost symbol because uh, a lot of his other books take place in, in medieval and historical Europe. And uh, that's really the, the backdrop for them. But this one took place in America. And so people had uh, had some doubts and questions about it. But it ended up proving to be one of his greatest thrillers to date, at least in my point of view. And uh, that's because of the th thrill that he took and uh, the conspiracies he, uh, he investigated with the Freemasons. And it went into a ton of historical stuff about Washington, D.C. And uh, hang on, guys. We'll be right back. Sorry for the interruption of the podcast, but we will be right back after a short message from our sponsor. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Sorry about the interruption of the podcast, but uh, let's get right back into talking about the, the lost symbol. So this is another Robert Langdon thriller, and this time he is uh, actually in Washington, D.C., in uh, the United States of America, obviously. And uh, he follows a ton of supposedly hidden clues hidden by the Masons within Washington, D.C. And uh, he supposedly finds uh, – he goes through all this different stuff, and he's supposed to find uh, some kind of uh, – pyramid with uh, an inscribed name on it or something like that. It's been a while since I've read it, but uh, he's uh, getting chased by this uh, evil must evil. Uh, this evil deranged Mason who, uh, who joined the Masons and uh, was actually like a, a serial killer or something. And uh, somehow was Jeez. able to join the Masons and became a, a 33rd degree. 
Mason and uh, tried to kill the the Grandmaster or something of the Masons to figure out their secret. And so he chases Robert Langdon through the streets, and it just reveals a ton of these hidden Masonic locations throughout Washington, D.C. that a ton of us, when we go there, just kind of overlook, including stuff like the Washington Masonic Memorial, which is a real thing. They actually have a Masonic Memorial dedicated to all things George Washington and Masonry all in this one museum. There's uh, the Apotheosis of Washington, which is a huge, huge painting on the dome of the Capitol building, which depicts George Washington and all of the founding fathers as Greco-Roman gods. There's a bare-chested statue of George Washington in the United States as uh, supposed to be represented as Zeus. And so it's just all these strange Masonic connections hidden throughout Washington, D.C. that uh, we really don't know about. And so I think it's definitely a, a book like that as well. That definitely got me interested in these mysteries of the Masons because I'm like, well, if Dan Brown presents uh, his books as so-called based on facts, then I'm really curious about who these Masons really are and what they do and uh, their, their history. And so uh, I think it's definitely a, the book like that and a uh, national treasure and uh just some other things, the documentaries I've watched in the History Channel that uh, really got me interested and in, involved with the Masons. That's interesting that they were depicted as like Greek uh, gods. Yeah, they. Even though the Freemasons were Christians. Well, that's that's what you think, but uh, supposedly uh, even the even the Masons have a a strong origin with uh, the ancient mystery schools. And if you don't know what those are, they were pretty much the, the pagan mysteries or the, the, the pagan worships of pagan worship of all this pantheon of different gods and goddesses. And uh, they take a lot of their influence from that as well. And uh, it's the wisdom that's presented through the stuff that thousands of years of pagan civilization have established that uh, they, they really base it off of. It's not uh, their ideology. It's not like they believe that uh, Zeus is the one divine god or something. But uh, they, they also take their influence from that. Because imagine all these civilizations have been around for thousands of years. So they obviously must have known something if they lasted that long. And so, uh, yes, I think, yes, sir. I don't even want to say Christian. You have to be Christian for uh, some of the appended bodies within the York Rite and stuff like that. But uh, as for their the belief system, they really just believe in what's called the, the great architect or the divine creator. And we kind of touched on that in the podcast. Who is uh, pretty much just the universal God of the Christians, Jews, and Muslims. Oh, that's, uh, very, that's very interesting. So actually, George Washington and all the Founding Fathers being presented as these Greek and Roman gods isn't too surprising and does show the Masonic influence because they took uh, a lot of the teachings from those ancient civilizations. And so that kind of went through a huge rabbit hole all the way down and then back out again. But uh, yeah, Dan Brown, The Lost Symbol, National Treasure, History Channel documentaries. I think that's really what got me interested in the Mason. All right. So what about you, Ian? What do you, what did you think about this series? And uh, if you weren't interested in the Masons before, uh, what are your thoughts on them now? Well, um, 
really enjoyed the series, and I thought all these facts were uh, really eye-opening to see all the, especially to see all the father figures and all the uh, important figures of history, just how influential they were and how all, almost all of them had uh, Masonic connections. Uh, personally, myself, I don't know that I would join the Masons, but I do really, I'm really fond of their brotherhood and I'm really fond of uh, their ideologies as well. Yeah. Uh, and it is definitely very interesting and I'll have to look more into them. Well, yeah, and then you'll have me too, obviously, because hopefully I'll be a brother as well one day. Of course, I have no doubt. Yep, as long as everything goes as as it should. I don't see anything that should really make me not right to fit the Masons, so. Uh, you know, it'll be really funny. What? If you got blackballed by George Mudry. <laughs> what are the odds of that, though? Just like I pissed him off in the podcast, and he's like, this guy pissed me off. Blackballed. <laughs> uh, he was too much like me. There can only be one. There can only be one George Mudry. <laughs> uh, no, I have no doubt you'll become part of the Freemasons. Yeah, and then uh, when I show up at the bar in a suit and you say, oh, what the hell are you doing, Jake? Uh, you'll know why. <laughs> You're going to be fully wearing full armor. Well, I don't wear armor, but uh, there there are funny stories, and I've heard some from uh, the Freemasons podcast about how they'll show up at the bar in a suit because uh, you're supposed to wear formal wear to the, the lodge meetings and stuff. <laughs> That's actually what uh, got some people interested in the Masons. Not me personally, obviously, but there's stories of uh, people who became involved and uh, were interested in the Masons because of uh, friends who actually showed up at the bar or locations with uh, a suit on, and they, they had no explanation. So they, they questioned and uh, learned about the Freemasons, and then they joined, and uh, stories like that. gonna be another midnight podcasters episode it's already 12 looking at the time right now oh yeah call it the midnight masons <laughs> oh some are not masons yeah the midnight mason wannabes <laughs> yeah the midnight mason wannabes <laughs> What are some uh, what are some other uh, role models for you? People wise or uh, in general wise? Uh, how about both? Because I, I was thinking people, but that you've intrigued me with the in general wise. What else could be a role model to you? <clears throat> Just with the Masons, or in general? In general. Mm, this is a good one because uh, as for the Masons, I kind of touched on that with uh, 
the lost symbol and uh, national treasure in the History Channel documentaries. And uh, even my uh, great, I think it was my great, great grandfather was a, a Mason as well. And so uh, I actually have members within my own family were part of free Masonic lodges. And so uh, that's kind of something I, I look up to as well because uh, it's a, it's a family thing. And uh, I'm not one of those generational families that uh, every male in the family is a Freemason, but I still have, uh, I still have that connection. So I think that was another thing that uh, served as a role model for me. But, uh, you know, we, I think we nailed the, the Freemasons part on the head. And so uh, I just kind of want to talk about life now, if that's not too much of a problem with the, the viewers. Because uh, you brought up that question, and I immediately thought of something else. But I was trying to stay on the, the subject of the Freemasons. But I do want to share uh, some of the other things that have been a influence in my life, because I like sharing my passion and why I love history. And uh, yeah, please do. Hopefully, it'll explain to you guys why uh, why the podcast is the podcast, why we do all this stuff, why we take our time to uh, to make these episodes and record these episodes for you guys, and the, the love for history and where that comes from, at least for me. So, in my room, I used to have a bunch of pictures of these really established men on my wall, and uh, they included people like Scott Walter. John Chatterton, uh, Hiram Bingham, Percy Fawcett, uh, Rick and Marty Lagina, and uh, I, th I think Lawrence of Arabia was up there as well. So uh, it's men like them and the stories that they have and the passions that they developed over their lifetime. Because we could do a podcast episode on each one of those guys that I just mentioned because they are so dedicated to what they do, and it's just their passion to live and breathe and share their their love with history. Lawrence of Arabia was the same way. Scott Walter was the same way. John Chatterton, Rick and Marty Lagina, Kieran Bingham, Percy Fawcett, they were all the same in that history was their passion, and they were able to share that with the world. And that because they did so, they're, they're still lucked up to today, and I am one of those people who, who look up to them and, uh, they're men I, that I, I, that I aspire to be. And I, I forgot one. Uh, Josh Gates was also up there. I aspire to be them. And uh, I, I was trying to kind of mention in this, the Ian off the podcast recently, uh, if there was anybody that I could be, or that I truly aspire to be a mix of or something like that, I wish I could be a mix of Bear Grylls and Josh Gates above anything else. Why exactly? Bear Grylls has just this brute strength and power and grit and motivation. And he's just so dedicated to what he does. And uh, he doesn't let anything stop him, which uh, I really he's admire. Fearless. Yeah, he's he's fearless. And uh, I, I've been reading his autobiography, uh, Mud, Sweat, and Tears, that I, that I personally got from him when I met him last summer. And, uh, you met him last summer. You should talk. Uh, you should talk more about that. Like, tell us your story about that. Oh yeah, that was really interesting. Um, I went to this huge, uh, huge Christian leaders conference that was in a uh, this church out of Chicago, and uh, 
there was just this huge, massive auditorium. I've never been in a bigger auditorium, and I've been to so many concerts. That was the biggest auditorium I've ever been to, and it was for a church. It wasn't for like a, a concert series or anything else like that. It was for a church, and just thousands and thousands of people just gathered gathered together, and uh, just different people who came from different walks of life went up on stage, and uh, they, they shared their shared their stories pretty much and uh, shared leadership training tools that people needed and people aspired to gain pretty much because it was a, it was a leaders conference. It was a uh, different people from all throughout the, the United States and the world that all came together at this giant conference. And each one of them was a leader in some, in something one, one or another no matter how big or small it was, uh, we have everybody from a CEO of a business company to a uh, to a runner of just a small summer kids camp or something like that. And so I went there, and uh, I think I just went as a, a youth leader because uh, I'm a leader in my church, and uh, I also I'm also the president of 4H. So I think it was like a combination of things that got me in there. But uh, all these different people came up, and Bear Girls was one of them. And uh, he had actually just gotten back from the Swiss Alps, which was uh, just so cool to think about. He's just like airing in from the Swiss Alps. And uh, he just shared his passion. And uh, he's actually a really strong Christian. And uh, that's he said his faith is, faith is what uh, really got him through a lot of the situations that he's been through. So that was inspiring to hear. And so afterward, they had a, a bunch of the the people who had talking, who were talking, and uh, they were all at their their different tables and stuff, doing book signings. And so I, that's where I got my book. I went to the Bear Grylls table and uh, got to meet him, talked with him for a little bit, and then uh, got his book. That's awesome. So yeah, I think a a mix of Bear Grylls and and Josh Gates. That's like. Do you want to talk a little bit about his book? Yeah, his book. I definitely recommend it. It's uh, just pretty much his life story. It's his autobiography. It just touches on everything from uh, his childbirth to uh, what he's doing now with uh, running wild with Bear Grylls and his different Discovery Channel TV shows and stuff. And uh, there, there were a lot of inspiring stories in there. I'm almost done with it now. And uh, I was like, damn, this guy really lived life. He lived life how all of us should choose to live life and should want to live life just did all of these amazing things and reading it it makes sense why he has uh has a tv show like that because i always wondered how you got on tv shows and uh i just see some of those tv shows on tv and i'm like god how did these people get on here this they they hardly have any talent i i, I just despise how they were able to pull this off they don't have any clear talent but uh, Bear Grylls definitely deserved it. After reading his autobiography and all the stuff that he went through in life and all these different amazing things that he did, it's, it's incredible. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what the book's about, his his life and just the giant moments that he's had. So I think definitely a mix of Bear Grylls and Josh Gates. And Josh Gates... I'll say because he's a 
he's everything that I've always thought of a, a treasure hunter and a historian as being a guy who goes out there and skydives and uh, parachutes into these remote places of the world to find ancient ruins and scuba dives and uh, just very Indiana Jones. Like it's a Indiana Jones fiction movie, but then you watch Josh Gates and you're like, well, maybe actually, uh, maybe actually you can do something like Indiana Jones. Maybe, Maybe the movie's not too far off. Maybe there's an actual way that you could live a life like that. And Josh Gates is definitely one of those people who have gotten at least really close to doing so. So I think that's why I look up to him. And so I've done presentations on it in the past, all these different people I look up to and uh, that I aspire to be. And uh, I think that's definitely why I got interested in history, the stories of different people and uh, how they impacted me. Um, Books were a huge thing too. Like I was saying, Dan Brown, um, movies again, like Indiana Jones, National Treasure, um, books, Treasure Island was my childhood go-to Treasure Island. Um, Jules Verne, which I, I have a collection of his works somewhere in this room. Can't find it. Um, Jules Verne, Treasure Island, Mark Twain, probably by far my favorite author ever. Mark Twain, a, so many different travel books and stuff. And it's not really what you imagine Mark Twain as being. You think like probably Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer and stuff like that. But he's also written countless travel novels. And I actually have one of them down here. It's called The Tramp Abroad. And uh, it was one of the books I read for uh, my senior portfolio project that we had to do. So people, stories, books, movies. A combination of those have uh, molded the the sphere or glow of inspiration that's sparked inside my heart to follow all these different historical leads and created such a passion for history. So that was a very <laughs> that was a very long rant. So Ian, you got to do some talking now. How about you? Why did you choose to do this podcast with me? Uh, this particular podcast or the entire the entire podcast? The podcast in general. Because you've been the whole co-host pretty much since uh, episode one. The only one I did by myself, I think, were, uh, were a few episodes here and there and uh, this, the series I did with Jordan. Other than that, you've been my co-host. So why? Well, originally, uh, it was because I wanted to... I wanted to get practice, uh, like in public speaking. Cause I never had the opportunity. Like, I mean, I had the opportunity, but I never took advantage of it. Like you did. I never did any public speaking competitions. I wanted to get more comfortable talking in front of a crowd and like putting myself out there. And, uh, but then it can't became more because I found myself very interested in all these historical topics and wanted to learn more. And, uh, it was really fun, you know, just talking about it and, uh, being able to, uh, revisit all these historical events and uh it was just really cool and uh i i did i did i did mainly do it because i wanted to be able to practice getting getting myself out there yeah and that's good you're gonna be a pilot so uh that'll be i think that's definitely important for that career as well you, you probably yeah. don't imagine pilots talking that much, but think about it. You still got to talk to your passengers if something goes wrong, or uh, you got to greet your passengers if you're flying a giant one of those 
jumbo jets or something for a, for an airline. So I think, yeah, definitely public speaking will be a, an important thing for you. So I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Absolutely. And uh, we both want to start a YouTube channel as well. Mm-hmm. And that would be a very good start for that as well. Yeah, that's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. And I've been taking a lot of videography classes and stuff. And uh, it's way different than History's Mysteries is going to be. But uh, I definitely recommend that uh, if History's Mysteries is still around by then and thriving, that you guys go check that out as well. Because uh, I've always had an avid interest in travel. And that kind of stemmed from all the historical stuff and all these different explorers that I look up to and admire. And so I was just... Be a, it would be a YouTube channel that's kind of based just around that. Yeah, that would be really cool to have a YouTube channel based around exploring and uh, hanging out and just having a good time. Just live life. Yeah. Life's too short not to do what you want. Absolutely. I would never want to get stuck doing something I wouldn't want to do. I think... It's the common misconception that uh, the only way that you can succeed in life is by dedicating your heart and soul, like quite literally your soul, to a nine-to-five job. And uh, only doing that and uh, working your way up from that. But that's not true at all. And I think a lot of those people that do that, it's uh, it's good for them because they definitely have a steady income and they can uh, they can establish a steady life. But me, I do not want a, a steady life. And I've done the nine to five. It's extremely depressing for me. And uh, I just could not imagine myself doing that for the rest of my life. And so a life of adventure and what I want to do is something that I'm going to dedicate my whole heart to. And uh I'm going to fund that in whatever way I possibly can. Absolutely. I just, I a hundred percent agree. I would never want to find myself doing something that just depresses me working nonstop and doing something I don't even really want to do. Like if I have a job, if I want to dedicate my life to something, it has to be a whole, for a whole lot more than just the money. Oh yeah. It has to be for the experience as well. The experience, I think, more than takes precedent over the money or any object objects that you could place value in. I think so much more value comes from experience and uh, life moments that you you really can't pay for. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. So, how about you? What do you mean? What do uh? I don't know. What do you What do you want to get out of the future? The podcast, to, podcast, and in general. What do I want to get? Sorry, I didn't hear you. What do you want to get out of the future? the The podcast and just in general. I want to become. I want to. I want to become someone known. I want to become known, and I want to, you know, kind of kind of start doing stuff you know and uh i want to branch out and and to different social medias and i want to be able to become like reinvent myself almost and you know just find out who i really am and just you know make content for people for people to watch and entertain people and and to entertain myself i'm hoping to be 
I'm hoping to do a lot of stuff in my lifetime. I don't want to do be stuck in one place. I want to go skydiving, cliff jumping, uh, snowboarding. Oh, yeah. I want to travel the world and I want to experience so many different things. Mm-hmm. Definitely for sure. And my mom always gets mad at me when I say, uh, I'm never going to have a house. I'm never going to settle down. I'm, uh, I'm just going to figure everything out as I go. And she's like, that's not possible. You need a place to live. You need a place to have your base of operations. And uh, you need a nine to five to pay for everything. And I'm like, no, there's so many people that do just the opposite. And I feel like I can do the same. Yeah, exactly. People, th- I mean, it is, it's a very common conception that you need to have, have a stable job. You need to do college and do all these steps in order to be able to live a safe life but why would you want to live a safe life if you're not happy exactly safety is something that i'll include if uh if there's room for it if there's not room for it and uh i can and i can choose between having a good life having fun enjoying my time and uh being safe then i'm going to choose the good time I agree. And uh, that's definitely something we've already done. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something we're going to start doing. It's a, it's a thing we, we do constantly. We, I think definitely. We our lives. And a lot of people disagree with our, our lifestyle, but it's what we want to do. It's what makes us happy. Yeah, exactly. You just got to do what makes you happy. Life's too short. Literally, people dedicate themselves to things that change their entire personality and uh, I think that's just terrible I agree gotta be yourself so what pilot and content creator pilot and content creator and if uh, my okay let me tell you my dream job my dream job in the aviation career would be uh, a private jet pilot for celebrities. <laughs> so I would be flying around rich people all day and being paid to be that guy you see in TV who, who just wears the, the, the aviators and flies around uh, famous people. That'd be awesome. And is absolutely rich. <laughs> and I'd want to be a content creator as well. I want to entertain. I want to I want to make people laugh and I want to have a good time doing it. And, you know, just like in my free time, maybe it won't be a full time career, but I want to be able to do something, you know, that's fun and and another way to make money, you know? Yeah, definitely. And if you're on the if you're on the road and uh, you're traveling full time, freelance and uh, content creator are the the two platforms that uh, that can do the job for you. So what about you? What exactly do you see yourself doing in the future, like dream job wise? Dream job wise, my dream job is not a job you're gonna find on the the list of on the list of uh, normal or common or uh, defined jobs. Even my my jobs, or at least where I see myself, is very undefined. Well, it, it's defined for me, but not with the the way society deems everything. And uh, that pretty much entails, at least for me, a uh, an explorer and an archaeologist, even. And uh, that's kind of why I'm going to SIU to go study archaeology. 
Um, very much like a an, an Indiana Jones type thing, and uh, you guys can make fun of that as much as you want. But uh, people people live this kind of life that I want to live. Josh Gates does it, so uh, if he does it, why can't I do it? Uh, Rick and Marty Lagina, Scott Walter, John Shatterton, they do it all too. So that that's very much that's where I see myself. I definitely want to be an explorer, an archaeologist, uh, a freelance writer a uh, videographer, content creator. I'm just going to view very odd jobs along the way that'll just make a life for me that I want to live. And I don't need to be rich. I just want to be able to to travel full-time. I think that's my number one priority. And uh, just be able to find things and do stuff that hardly anybody gets to do. Yeah, and I think you have a really good mindset for it as well. If someone else can do it, I can do it too. Like that mindset is really good to have going into that type of career because you're like that. You can hear the dedication in your voice and you can hear the commitment. And you can hear the, the perseverance. Like, you know that you're going to do this. And that's like probably the perfect mindset for it. All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate you, you saying that, that, that I have a good mindset and uh, I'd just, Honestly, I, I I hate bragging, but uh, it's just something I've always aspired to because my mom had a had a sign that she hung in my room for the longest time, and I, I took it down now, but uh, I, I still remember what it says, and it says, uh, "Attitude is everything," so make sure that you pick a good one, and uh, that's like a motto that stuck with me for uh, for a while, and uh, it really affected the way that I I look at life and I that I see everything. It really made me look through a through a new lens. It was like uh, putting an HD filter on a on an old iPhone five phone, or or my phone, <laughs> and uh, it it really changed my perspective and it made everything a lot more clear. It because attitude is everything. If you uh, if you say that you can't do it and you'll never do it, then you won't. But if you say that you can do it and uh, that you'll try no matter how many times it takes, then you will go. So far, I've been rejected so many times by so many different things, but it I try not to let it brush me down because you can't afford to to mourn and uh, look on the negative in life. You got to just keep on pushing on. And uh, the world's a lot more generous and a lot more kind than so many people think. And I think that's the part that's really overlooked because so often does the news just turn uh, turn everything into a bad light and make everything in life look like it's so terrible that nobody ever wants to step outside their door and obviously we can't do so right now with uh, with quarantine <laughs> but I mean, if, you can you can but you can't go far <laughs> yeah but it turns everything into into such a bad light that nobody wants to do anything and nobody wants to travel nobody wants to wants to live life like it should be lived there's only the few that uh that people for some reason look up to so much because uh oh they're getting to live the life that uh I could never live or they're getting to do all of these different things that uh I wish I could do but I can't do and that's the mindset that just tears you apart and that's the reason why you're not doing it it's not because uh you can't do it it's because you're telling yourself you can't it's that there's the old motto too that uh you can accomplish whatever you set your mind to you set your mind to it you can accomplish anything and uh that's true 
those people that you look up to and that you aspire to be the people on the TV channel shows and the big YouTubers and uh, the big names of society, they didn't get there by people telling them no. And uh, well, they people told them no, but they didn't get there by telling themselves that they couldn't do it. They took the time to realize that simple thing that if you set your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. And that's the same for all of us, all of us. It's not just, for those people that we look up to, we can all be those people that we look up to. We can look up to ourselves. We can live that life that we wish we could live and that life that we think is only on the television screen and that only a few gifted people are given. Everybody can live that life. And I think that's that's what I've realized. And uh, that's why I've tried to put my mindset towards. And uh, I think that's why, ultimately, I'm not afraid of... Uh, going out there and living life even if uh it's scary at times even if i don't know how i'm gonna pay for the bills or don't know where my next meal is coming from or don't know where i'm gonna sleep or spend the next night i i still find comfort because i know that i can live that life that i want to live and that no matter what ultimately depending on myself everything will 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 be okay that's why that's why you're a public Speaker. Yeah, there's my I'm, TED talk. I'm very, I'm, I'm very inspired. Right <laughs> yeah, there's my TED talk. <laughs> That's my TED talk for you guys. <laughs> All right, so what about you, Ian? Um, what gives you motivation? What gives me motivation? And what? kind of life obviously uh, do you want to live building I, what I, we've already said no i i totally agree with you well it gives me motivated and like me telling myself that i can do it you know it's just it just means so much more to to me that knowing that i can do it if, if, I, if i put my mind to it and i try hard enough it's just it's so it's so cool to see people who who've done these things who've lived their lives to the best they've gotten to achieve their goals and they're happy where they are. And it's just so inspiring to see that. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) That was quite the, quite the, the episode that we, that we did. We went all the way from uh, talking about how the Freemasons episode went to, went and uh went all the way down to uh live life come on you can do it <laughs> it's just like a pretty good episode to me yeah this honestly might be one of my favorite favorite episodes yeah yeah are we counting behind the scenes episodes yeah okay I mean, I mean, we're not focusing too much on the history, but I still think it was very good and very educational. You know, I figured out, I literally, I, I call it behind the scenes because uh, the feature film movies are the things that you see on the TV screen, but then all the unedited footage and uh, that the bloopers and stuff you see uh, in, in side videos, that's what behind the scenes is. And that's what this episode is for the podcast. Yeah. 
have our have our historical episodes, and then we explain how we make the historical episodes, why we make the historical episodes, and what inspires us to make them. Exactly. And uh, I actually like the behind the scenes a lot, so I'm I'm glad we started doing this. I know we did our last one. We were kind of confused about what it was going to look like, but now I I, I have an idea uh, going forward. Yeah. But this was a lot, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I don't have much else to say unless you do. No, I don't. I think that's a good note to end it on. A very inspirational speech. All right, sounds good. And we will see you guys next time for a another episode. It might be on the Illuminati. It might be on something completely different from the Illuminati. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, other than that, uh, remember to continue to check the Facebook page for information. Stay up to date with that. And uh, obviously continue to stay up to date with all the episodes as uh, we're still trying to crank them out because uh, obviously we still got the time with quarantine and everything that's been going on. So I hope you guys have been enjoying. And uh, that's about it. This is uh, this is Jacob Dean. And Decker. All right, guys. Have a nice week. Carpet down. Carpet down. <laughs>